RadioInfluence.com. Hello, what's happening? Thanks, thanks, thanks for uh, joining me here on the Rock Stops here. How's everybody? How are you doing? You hanging? All righty, we, we got a good one today. Trisha Whitaker. She is the sideline reporter on Bally Sports, covering the Tampa Bay Rays Major League Baseball team. She also hosts uh, on occasion. She's a, a professional. She's got a great personality. She pretty much has it all. And being around the Rays this year, I really hadn't been on a daily basis. I've got to watch and observe how she goes about her beeswax. She's very personable, easy to talk to, and just does a damn good job. And she is now, I believe it's season three. Uh, that had been somewhat of a revolving door. Todd Callis, the son of the great Harry Callis, the late Harry Callis. Todd Callis was the original sideline reporter. The you know in, A lot of times at that time, he would be in the stands and talking with fans, a lot of fans. I think even more so, it just seemed like, but no, she, she does that too. And, um, but you know, after the game and then going in the clubhouse and then pregame and asking the manager some questions, talking to players, things like that. And Todd Callis was the original with the original team with Dwayne Stats, started out Joe McGrain with color. And Todd was there for God, what, about 15 years or so. And then he finally got his break to do play-by-play with the Houston Astros. So Todd's been there ever since. But since Todd had left, they brought in these ladies. It's been all women. Yeah, it's been all women. And they just it's been a stepping stone to go somewhere else or it didn't work out or whatever. And she has lent some stability to the position. It's kind of good. You know, when you're baseball is so many games and you want to have that familiarity with the, with the announcers, with the play by play, with the color analysts, with the reporters on the broadcast, you, you feel like, you know, them. And I think it's a really, really nice thing that she has been there and, and, and now really, really has established herself. And so she was nice enough, man, to sit down with me. We did this in the Rays dugout pregame at Tropicana Field. And, you know, if you follow these podcasts, you know, I love hours before a game. I love hours before big games when there's nobody in the stands, nobody in the arena, nobody in the stadiums yet. And it's spick and span. It's ready for all the people to come in. And it's just, there's a calming presence. And I love that. Always have. I love it. It's weird. You know, the games are great, but I just love it before, you know? And so we sat down in in the dugout. And she was great. So I'll catch you on the back end. What a run it was uh, covering this Stanley Cup and the Eastern Conference Finals and the playoffs with the Tampa Bay Lightning. i got to tell you a little bit about that. A couple of more stories, so I'll hit you on the back end. But enjoy. Here she is. Bally Sports, Tampa Bay Rays, the one, the only, Trisha Whitaker. All right, I am with the talented, very successful. See, the podcast is the rock stops here. How you have made it to the top. You have Major League Baseball, sideline reporter, host, Bally Sports. Congratulations on your success, Trisha. <laughs> oh, thanks. It's been a fun journey. And uh, yeah, I mean, I consider this successful too. It's a great team and this is the type of job I always wanted. So Yeah, okay. So we're going to get into your background and all that jazz. But what you're doing now with Bally's, you know, you host at times. But you're in the camera well, you're pregame, you're postgame. When you started out in broadcasting, was this exactly what you wanted to do? Was it just being uh, on maybe ESPN? What about it when you first uh, thought? <laughs> when I first started, I was like, I'll just take a job. Because <laughs> out of college, that's literally all you want is 
just a chance, an opportunity. Um, and so I, right out of college, I went to Green Bay, Wisconsin, and I was a sports reporter, and I thought that was the greatest thing in the world. But I always wanted this kind of job, right? It didn't have to be ESPN. It didn't. A lot of people were like, oh, I want to anchor Sports Center. Right. No, I wanted to do sideline reporting because I love the in-game stuff, and then I love the storytelling aspect of it. I've always loved telling people's stories. So that's kind of what I always wanted. And so when I got this job, I was like, okay, this is the first job I've had where I'm not actively thinking, okay, what's the next step? How can I get to the next place? Because I actually was working towards this specific goal for so long. Now, when you were at Indiana, uh, IU, and it seemed like you did just about it, you shot, you edited, you probably don't have to do editing now. You don't have to shoot now. Only on Instagram. We only edit on Instagram that, that, That's true. That's true. That's true. But do you think that that helped you uh, being in the business now, like learning a lot of different, you know, aspects of, of broadcasting and you know, TV? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question because a lot of times people look past that. And I always tell my students at IU, it's okay to start in a spot where you have to do everything and work your butt off because then you understand the process of broadcasting and television better and you have a better eye for putting together stories. So when I first started in Green Bay, I was standing in the Packers clubhouse with a camera on my shoulder, holding out a microphone, interviewing Aaron Rodgers. I was 22 years old and I had to do that because sometimes I didn't have a cameraman. Actually, most of the time I didn't have a cameraman. And I wouldn't change that for the world. And then I would have to go back and edit everything and produce the show and then go shoot a high school basketball game later in the night. Um, And that's just kind of how it was. But I wouldn't change that for the world because now, you know, when I'm working with my lovely cameraman over here, Mike and DJ, I know how to work with them and how we can best tell the story together because what they do is just as important as what I do. Like I I'm just the, I am the face of it. Yes. But none of what I do could happen without the people working behind the scenes with me. And the only reason I have the level of appreciation I do for that is because I used to have to do the one man band stuff. Right. right. (laughs) Okay. So you went to the CBS affiliate in Indiana as a sports reporter and an anchor. Mm -hmm. You're, you loved IU you're in Indy. Nah, that still wasn't uh, good enough. Were you looking actively even Yeah, then? oh, for sure. And I loved it, my time in Indianapolis. I wouldn't trade it for the world, but I got to the point where I no longer wanted to do the local news thing. I wanted more of a beat, right? I wanted to focus on one thing. With local news, I was literally covering the Pacers, the Colts, IndyCar racing, NASCAR racing, high school basketball, high school football, college football, college basketball, all in the same week, which was fun, but it... It wasn't what I wanted. I wanted to really focus on one team. And I also, you know, I wanted to do something with a regional sports network at a higher level. And I didn't really want to do the whole producing, shooting, editing thing anymore. Right. There are people who we hire here who are far better at that than I am. And, and I want that to be their job. Um, so that's kind of where I was when I was in Indy. All right. So I love to hear the success on how did you get the gig? I'm assuming, did you have an agent? Were you trying? Did this just pop up? You audition, <laughs> they see your tape. How did you get this gig? So it's funny you ask that. I, it was November of 2018 and I went to grab drinks with one of my friends and she was like talking to me about random things. And she was like, Hey, I thought of you the other day because my friend who's the race sideline reporter is leaving. And I just feel like that's kind of a job you would like. Cause you like baseball. And I was like, I love baseball. I grew up a Cubs fan. And so I texted my agent at like 11 PM and I was like, Hey, can you check on this? I hear there's an opening. He's like, I'm on it. Emailed him at like 11. And like two days later, I got an email back that said they wanted to talk to me. The process took about like two months, honestly. Okay. Um, And, you know, I'm sure they had plenty of other people that they were interviewing, but it just so happened that, you know, they liked me and, and, I don't know if I was their second choice, third choice, fourth choice, but I don't even care. <laughs> I'm here, you know, and I did have to audition. I stood outside this dugout and I did an audition. I interviewed with the Rays. I interviewed with Bally. I interviewed with um, all sorts of people in charge. Um, and so it took a couple months, but I am so glad that it worked out. What have you learned? You're now like, I th- think season number four, I mm-hmm. believe yeah. here now. Okay. Uh, 
What do you think you have? I'm assuming you've learned, you've learned the things that you didn't know about, about what you're doing now. Well, well, yeah, so many things listening to Dwayne stats and Brian Anderson call the games. That's where I learn. I learn listening to, I learn a lot about the game, listening to BA talk about it because he was a player. He sees things that I could never even dream of seeing on the field. And the way that he explains it has really helped me. I always knew baseball, but not to the level that I do now, right? After covering it for four seasons and listening to him and, and listening to the guys talk and, and just learning from them, I know so much more about baseball than I did before. Um, and I think I've also just learned the value of relationships because with this job, it's kind of all about relationships. I'm with these guys in this team every single day for seven months. We fly around the country together. You know, we stay in the same cities. I'm with them all the time. And if you don't know how to build a, the right kind of relationship, it's going to be a difficult job. So it this job has taught me how to build relationships the right way. And that's been valuable. I, what, is there one moment? Is there one moment? I'm sure there's a lot of moments that stand out. I know on Twitter, your pin tweet is when you're in the clubhouse <laughs> and, oh my God, that is, I've been, that is so great. Uh, little Chloe who had cancer and Brett Phillips and, mm-hmm. and then he hits the home run. There's probably been so many, I would assume. Is there one that stands out? There have, but honestly, you just mentioned the one that stands out to me the most and that was Chloe. I like can't, I still like get teary eyed and, and choke up when I talk about her because that moment was like, so beyond baseball. And that's what you like. That's what you get into this job to do. Right. Can you, t- can and, you tell us what happened? Yeah, if they don't so know? what was crazy about it was, and I haven't really told anybody this, but I was walking into that park into the park that day. And I was texting my friend, Adam Barry, who works for MLB.com. We were just talking about random things. And I was just like, gosh, I was like, I just feel really discouraged today. I was like, I feel like I'm not telling stories that matter. I was like, I want to tell stories that actually matter. I love telling stories about baseball and all that stuff. But I was like, I feel like I'm not doing anything to, you know, help tell a good story or impact somebody's life. Yeah. Crazy. I have the screenshot of the text. And um, then in the third inning, my producer goes, Hey, can you go interview Chloe? She is the Tuesday's champion. She threw out the first pitch with Brett Phillips. I was like, yeah, of course. Love to. So I go up there and I'm like, Hey Chloe, we're going to do this interview. And she's like, so excited, whatever. I had no idea, but Brett was at the plate. I had no idea. Brett was at the plate. We didn't plan to do the interview when Brett was at the plate. So I'm interviewing Chloe and we're like, hey, Chloe, who's your favorite player? She's like, Brett Phillips. I'm like, why? She's like, he smiles. He's so happy. And then she's like, I gave him my wristband, my, you know, Princess Chloe wristband before the game. And he looked at me and he said, it's going to bring me good luck. Three seconds later, while we're interviewing her live on television, he hits a home run. And I remember in that moment just being like, oh my gosh, did this really just happen? Like, it's just wild. And I... I just felt like that moment was kind of like, you know, we had just come off the lockout and we had just come off. This was the first normal season in a long time. Right. And when that happened, it just like sparked hope. I feel like in so many people like in that moment and Chloe this eight year old girl who's just fighting for her life is sitting here basically inspiring the world. Cause that story went like global. It was oh, yeah. all over the I place. Mm-hmm. And she's just sitting there talking about Brett Phillips and how, she's fighting cancer and how she's going to make it through it. And then Brett hits a home run. I mean, I don't believe in coincidences when it comes to things like that. And for me, I just kind of like, I I don't know. I, I am a faith driven person. I know not everybody is, but for me, that moment was kind of just like, Hey, everything's going to be okay. We're here for a reason. You're here for a reason. And Chloe's here for a reason. And then Brett Phillips does an interview after the game and he's just sobbing. And that was totally realistic. Like a lot of people are like, Oh, like was that in the moment or did, and I was like, he had no idea that that happened until two seconds before the interview. And I just had so many people being like, you know what? I don't really like believe in like, you know, things like that. I'm not a very hopeful person, but I had so many people just be like that moment meant a lot. And I was just like, wow. Okay. There's, there's the message I needed because I just, and it's not about me at all, but it, my point is that with this job, you come in every single day and some days you're not happy and some days it sucks. Teams losing, whatever our team's not losing, but you know what I'm saying? And 
that day, I just remember feeling like so humbled by Chloe because here's this little girl battling cancer and she's the one giving us all like this feeling of hope. And I was just like, all right, message received. Like I got it. And Brett says that was the farthest by far he has ever hit a baseball. Hardest hit ball. Let's close it on this bottom of the ninth inning. I ask all of my guests and you get this a lot. What advice do you give, especially for a girl that wants to do what you're doing, but it could be anybody. What is the best advice an aspiring broadcaster that you would have, Tricia? I would just say work hard and, and don't be afraid to learn everything. Right. And at the end of the day, remember Remember to be a good person. Don't step on other people's toes to get to where you want to be. Um, your job in this field is to tell other people's stories, right? That doesn't mean that sometimes you're not going to have to do things you don't want to do. That doesn't mean that, you know, sometimes you're not going to have days that you don't like. But your job in this field is to tell other people's stories. And the impact of that, I can't even explain. We just gave an, an example of that, right? That's why journalism and reporters are so important. They go into the stands, they go into the clubhouse, they go into people's lives and they tell stories. Even if it's just a little story about somebody making an adjustment at the plate, tell that story to the best of your ability and then go tell Chloe's story so that the world can hear it. Right. And I think that's the most important thing to remember when you're young and you're 22 years old out of college and you're grinding away in this tiny little market and you're away from your family. Don't forget your purpose. Don't forget your anchor. Don't forget why you got into this. And that is to tell people stories and and to make a difference, even if it's even if it's not a difference as, as big as like the whole Chloe thing, even if it's just telling the story that you find that day. You know, that's what we're here to do. You do a great job. Continued success. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. you. You know, that, that, that actually when I was sitting there with Trisha and she was telling me that story with little Chloe, who has the cancer, and Brett Phillips hitting the home run, I was, I was just filled with goosebumps just, just sitting there in the dugout with her. That was such a great moment. Anything with kids and kids that are battling, they don't deserve it, man. And just to help out with, the, you know, for their day to be a little bit better and just what a story, isn't it something? And that's at the top of her list. And she's been in the clubhouse and when the Rays clinched to go to the to the World Series and getting doused, I experienced that back in the day with the Evan Longoria and the Joe Madden and that team that went to the World Series and when they beat the Boston Red Sox in the ALCS and Aki stepped on second and I was in the clubhouse and everything. it's just really, really cool. That's a cool event. The, the, the joy of a team that is clinched and when they celebrate and to be in there and just be a part of that. And she, I think she might even have her pinned tweet. It still might be there when she did that. But, but, but of all the stuff, all the stuff, it was the Brett Phillips home run with Chloe Chloe, Chloe, Chloe. How about that, man? So, and so she's, thank you, Trisha. I I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Continued success in whatever you do. And I know you love giving back and to younger aspiring broadcasters and what you do at Indiana University. It's really cool. Very, very cool. You're a good person and you're good. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All righty. You know, baseball, I was just thinking about it. Like, isn't it funny how baseball, the rules were made. And the scheduling of 162 games and how many they ever have, what was it, 154, 162? You know, that was done before, like, TV was even invented. And our attention spans are so fast right now. You know, short, short, short attention spans. And, you know, I'm just thinking, like, couldn't you just adjust? You know, is 162 games, like, that's a lot. It's hard to get people to... Be invested. Now, the diehards are going to do it. But isn't it funny how we can adjust with anything else? If something isn't working, like if a TV show isn't working, boom, they move on. All right, no ratings, boom. If you have a restaurant and nobody's coming for that, you're going to change your menu, you're going to move on. You know, you adjust. You know, there's no more news. Well, there kind of is newspapers, but to sit with a newspaper. When's the last time you sat with a newspaper? Maybe if you're older, maybe on a Sunday paper. I haven't held a newspaper, man, and I don't even know how many years. And I ain't no spring chicken. But with baseball, the way it's such a slower pace and 162 games, like, couldn't adjust. But then if you adjust, 
then it won't be the same for the records to be in Cooperstown, to be in the Hall of Fame and and all that. It just it just it just a thought that crossed my mind, but it's still a great game. I know a lot of people think baseball is a dying sport and is dying, but it's still I I still I love going to the games. I love covering the teams and seeing these incredible the defense and the pitchers throwing so hard and with so much movement and how these guys can hit dingers on a hundred mile an hour fastball and a slider it's like you know 92 with movement it's just it's incredible it really 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 is incredible all right what has been incredible for me the last couple of weeks i've got to admit is covering the tampa bay lightning run And I know that maybe there are many of you that are listening that are really not even hockey fans. I get it. I understand. I understand if it wasn't a sport that you either participated in or really watched when you were a kid. Like, I'll be honest. In my house in New Jersey with my brothers and my father, it was baseball first, believe it or not, with the Mets and the Yankees. We grew up in northern New Jersey town called Dover, Morris County, and it was Mets and Yankees, and then my father, those games were on all the time, and because I played baseball, he, my brothers played a little bit, but they really, it wasn't their thing, and then they, they went to wrestling in high school, and they did that, and they both played football, they both played football, I played football, I was so skinny, they wouldn't even let me play until I was like in sixth grade, and I played midget six, sixth, that's what it's called, midget football, sixth, seventh, eighth, freshman year and then I didn't want to carry the pads I didn't want to cut my hair I had an attitude I didn't play I I went out in the summer junior year they had a quarterback that was really good this Diotavio he ended up going to like Seattle Seahawks camp I'm like nah I'm not going to play DB and didn't I wish I did all that jazz but my point is when I was growing up in New Jersey it was Mets Yankees my father couldn't stand the Yankees and then it would be football as we moved on Uh, you know Giants Jets and then Knicks Nats, uh, and hockey was really the fourth sport. So it wasn't like my go-to, you know? And then when I, when I, when I got into this business and started covering it and learning it, but it's still, it, there's just so much to it. And it's just been a blast to cover hockey here in Florida. I know it sounds crazy, but more specifically Tampa and Tampa Bay, the fans here just got so into hockey that didn't grow up with it. Even the ones that were born and raised here in Florida, in the palm tree with the palm trees and the heat and the beaches and the swimming pools and the heat and the humidity, just took such a liking to hockey. Phil Esposito bringing hockey here. He always kids around, man. Phil's a ball buster. He's turning 80 years old. And he's still busting chops. He's great. And he's like, uh, he got Japanese ownership to pony up a whole lot of money to buy into the NHL. And he, Phil always says, they said, when they when the deal was done, they said, hockey, I thought you said sake. Now, I don't know if that was true. I think Phil's just, you know, kind of like embellishing that a little bit. And he uses that as a punchline when I've been out and about and seeing Phil when he does a public speaking engagement. <laughs> but uh, it's just been incredible. And it's an incredible ride. I tell you, I love covering the big events. The Super Bowls, the World Series, the playoffs in any sport, the uh like the Stanley Cup final or even the playoffs. I just love, I love the big events. I love being out. If it's the NFL draft, just being there. I love being in the field. I really do. And uh, it was, I, you know, and as you get older, are you like me? Like when you get older, you really appreciate even more. It wasn't like all the years that I was at Bay News 9, and being the main sports guy and a live show at 11 o'clock. And I would always say, like, I don't take that for granted. But maybe at times, sometimes I would, now that I look back on it. 
And I really don't take it for granted at all now, being able to still be out there and behind the scenes and seeing when the players come in to do the interviews, watching them warm up, being down in the hallway, seeing how they interact, just being at the events and and just feeling that vibe. And now we have the full stadium, full arenas, the fans. It's just, it's awesome. And it was taken away. We're all kind of mostly back to our regular lives, are we not? You know, but having that all taken away and it's just... I've seen the fan. Oh my God. It's just, it's, it's, it's like electric, electric. And so it's just been incredible to watch and to watch these players like hockey. All sports are mostly all sports are physical, maybe not baseball. Pitchers, that's a big strain on your shoulder and on your elbow. It's unnatural. Okay. So that's, that's a lot. Yes, NBA, basketball, yep. You're, you're, you're adrenaline, you're running, you're running. You got to still, you know, hit the shots, the passes. You got to play defense, all that. Uh, football, we know football is a damn physical game that can, you know, we know that. They've tried to make it, you know, a little bit safer. But hockey, and they're on skates, and watching and seeing these guys, and now finding out that someone needs surgery and they've been playing through incredible pain. I'll never forget it. Steven Stamkos, after the uh, heartbreaking overtime loss in game four, and he came out, and I was standing like three feet right in front of him, eye to eye with a whole bunch of media there. And he's like, you know, you guys think you know, and you write these stories and you report on our team. You have no idea. You really don't know what's going on in that locker room. In, the, in that dressing room. We, we don't. And they're just so tough. Mostly all of them are missing teeth in the front because they, they have false teeth because they get hit with pucks, you know, all the years of playing. Imagine getting hit with a, a hockey. You know how hard a hockey puck is? And getting hit with that 100 miles an hour in the, in the, in the teeth. And, and the, the way they block their bodies during the playoffs, they throw their, body, they throw their bodies out to stop pucks. Even superstars, man, that score. It's just incredible. And they're good guys. By the whole, I think of all the sports that I cover, and there's good. It's just like anything else. There's good and there's bad, you know? And the majority, what I would say is the majority are good. Majority of people are good. And uh, I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. When you're at the top, and if you're staying at the top, and whatever you do, whatever your field is, you're usually not a jag off. You're not a jerk-off. If you are a jerk-off, you ain't going to last. You really aren't. You're going to piss off people. Nobody's going to want to talk to you. Who wants to talk to a jag-off? Who? Do you? I don't. I don't. So um, I'm trying to stay more clear. These guys, the the brothers, they used to crank call me on TV uh, you know, 20 years ago. And they're still into it. I want to find this thing of any. The more I think about it, like, okay, that was fun for you. That was great. But you know what, man? You know, I'm moving on. You guys are wise asses. I'm, you know what I mean? Would you want somebody to do that to you at your job? Really? I know it's kind of funny with crank calls. But anyway, I'm, not, I'm, getting, I'm getting sidetracked. So it's just, been, it's just been phenomenal to be able to cover, to be there, to see it. Like, I really don't take anything for granted. You know, somebody the other day, we were waiting for uh, one of the playoff, the Stanley Cup uh, final playoff games, and it was at the arena. And I was like, well, did you cover this back when the, when the Lightning won the Cup uh, 2004? I said, cover it. I was with another, uh, a female anchor, Jenny Dean. She's still working in local TV in this market. It was she and I, when the, when the Lightning had the parade, this is back in, I think it was the 04, but it was the Vinny LeCavalier, Marty St. Louis, Hobby Bullen, uh, John Chodera. They won the Stanley Cup. They had a parade in downtown Tampa. They had a lot of, um, what do you call it, convertible cars. And she. this is before like the, 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 the team had their own website. This is before streaming. 
And so Bay News 9, we were allowed to be the station to do the entire parade. I hosted with her inside Amelie Arena. We had helicopters. We had live reporters all around the parade, inside, outside. We covered the speeches, the fa- everything, and we did the whole thing. And I'm like... So somebody asked me, like, did you cover the lightning in 2004? And like, Because nobody cares. Nobody. I've learned that. When you keep talking, if you talk about the past, like, no one gives a shit. They don't. And I know that. That's why I want to stay in the game now. You know, reminiscing is okay, maybe for a day. But the past is the past, man. But, like, no, did I cover it? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And at the time, I thought it was cool. I'm like, okay, you and Jenny Dean are going to do this. It was live for like four hours, five hours. Uh, but now the more the thing is like the boat parade, you know what I mean? And that was unbelievable when the Lightning did that. And then the Bucks and with Brady and all that and this and that and this and that. But it really, and it's also something to see like in your town, in your in your community, in your market like this. And if I went to Publix, I go to Publix a lot. And like in the bakery, they're talking about it. Did you watch the game last night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go Bolts, go Bolts. Uh, I dropped off my uh, these chemicals. They have a place on US-19 here where you don't have to go all the way to the dump. You know when you got like chemicals or electronics and it's in your garage? Yeah, you want to get rid of that. It's been, been around for a while. And I went just... Early, you know, today, a girl that, that was checking me in had a lightning. And I said, go Bolts. She goes, go Bolts. And it's like the whole community gets into it. It's kind of cool. It's like an outlet. You know, the day-to-day life, you're grinding. You're trying to make it through, whether it's health-related issues, family issues, financial issues, job issues, relationship issues. And it's it's almost like, you know, it's, it's, it's maybe like a movie, but sports and when a team is going for a playoff and the whole community is into it, it's just really, really cool. And I'm just honored to be behind the scenes. And it was a great, 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 great experience. Um, the other thing, too, is now I have covered the Stanley Cup back in the day. I've covered the Lightning close. Being in Boston, they were one goal away from going to the Stanley Cup. This Guy Boucher, I think, was the coach at the time. We were there with Phyllis Pizzito doing a live show in the TD Garden in Boston, uh, traveling all over Calgary and this and that. And what I did notice is for this latest Stanley Cup with the, um, the Tampa Bay Lightning in it, there was not as much media Like, there's still quite a bit of media. Canada is well represented. They have the SN. It's SN. They have the other network. Like, they're here in full force. Um, There's some even newspapers or Toronto or online. You know, they're here. There's a guy from Sweden here, was here, all this. So you do have that. Like, I went from the Eastern Conference Finals so all of a sudden, the Stanley Cup final, the first game in Tampa, and you go into this area where they set it up. Each player will go on a stand on a riser. They have a background. And it's like, whoa, I forgot. I waited till the end of the game. Oh, it's like three, four deep. Oh, I only got my iPhone. All right, you know what? It's easy with an iPhone, though. You can stick it up high over everybody's head and the way I position it, and it still picks up pretty damn good. Uh, but the last time, the last run back in 04, there were so much there was so much media that you had to use like an uh not an adapter but you could use a baseball bat a hockey stick a long stick tape your microphone on the end of that and then because there's so many media like 3 4 5 deep you stick your microphone up underneath or and that way you can pick up the sound if your camera person is far away you really don't need that anymore because it's a different time. Budgets have been cut. There's not as many outlets. And if there is outlets, they're not paying for their their uh, people to flight, hotel, meals, rental car. If you got a lot of gear, you can't Uber. Well, you could, but sometimes you do. But anyway, I'm just saying that's what I noticed. Like it's a different time now. You know, there are some websites and I all know, I know, and I've done it myself. You got to like, if you want to cover a big event, and I know specifically uh, a couple of people are just paying for it themselves. 
They're not getting. They're doing it to build their 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 name recognition, their brand. This doesn't come around uh, all the time, and are just footing the bill out of their own pocket for flights. And that's the other thing too. The flights, man. I'm hearing horror stories. Oh my God! It was they were redirected. They were laid. Uh, they canceled this flight. They didn't have a connection. They had to wait for eight hours in the airport. That was the next day. It's just you just have to deal with a lot more now. Everybody is understaffed. There's shortages. It's crazy. It, it, but if you want to be in it, you don't. You know, what are you gonna do? You gonna sit on your couch? Like I, I always say to my wife, I'm like I'm in it. And you know, let let me tell you this. When I came down here to Tampa, I'm from northern New Jersey, okay? My claim to fame was I, I made it to being a national TV reporter for a two-year stretch. It was freelance. We didn't have any kids. I was able to do it. I got to travel. I got to travel Chicago, Pittsburgh, Minneapolis, uh, St. Louis, Chicago. Uh, you know, I was a national reporter. It was great. And then the company... There was some financial difficulty. They were sold, dropped sports, and boom. But it was really, really, really uh, neat. And then I, I ended up coming down here to Tampa Bay to take a job in radio, and I never left. And I got a job in Bainers 9. I'm there 18 years. Now I'm still, now I got the name recognition here. So why would I go anywhere else, you know? Um, but I'm trying to remember why I, was, why I was bringing that up. I have no idea. I do have Anheuser's. I apologize. <laughs> we got into this discussion during the break. Oh, you know what? Here, again, I want to give a shout out to a local radio show called The Pat and Aaron Show on WDAE in Tampa Bay. Now, I was an original on that station. Oh, here's what I wanted to bring up. Now, I just thought of it. It came to me. Thank God. So, when I was, I lived in Denver. I said I was never going to move back. I moved with my ex. We on a lark with no kids. We just packed and left and went to Denver. When, when can you do that in your life? I bet you most of you have never had that chance where you're in your 20s, late 20s, no kids, and both like, let's move somewhere. Let's go and not know a soul. How about that? That's what we did. The marriage was crumbling. Did not work. She moved back out and I stayed another year and I said I was never moving from Colorado, Denver. I loved it so much, but I miss being in the business. I knew, I know this is what I do. This is what I do. And so I got a job in radio, didn't pay much, 20, 26. He told me 26 on the phone. I got here it was $24,000, but I was in radio. I'm in Tampa, Florida. I'm totally single. I was uh, separated. And uh, what the hell? And I knew of the area because I went to St. Leo College for two years, which is down here in this area. So anyway, my, the, the boss's name, my boss's name was Gabe Hobbs. And Gabe Hobbs, I auditioned. Boom. I got the job. Boom. I, I got a, uh, a pickup truck, U-Haul. Uh, and I just attached it to my car. My truck, I had a little uh, truck, and away I went from Denver, Littleton, Colorado, and I drove New Year's Eve throughout the United States down here to Tampa, Florida, and I've been here ever since. And so when I first got here, I was out in the field for this Ted Webb, who's, he's has passed, just everybody loved Ted, Jack and Ted on 970 WFLA, WFL Ray. And so I was out in the field. And I was just doing updates. And I was doing updates in the afternoon, and I was doing that. And then the station started, the all-sports station, WDAE, and I was the reporter in the field. And then eventually I became the morning... No, I was the morning man. I was the morning man with uh, Brian James, another guy that has passed away. So many have passed. It's incredible when I really start thinking about it. That's why I'm so thankful, man, to still be around, still doing it. God dang. So thankful. But anyway... So he and I did the mornings for a year, and then uh, Jason Dixon took over, and he changed it. He wanted to do mornings. Brian left, blah, 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 and I got put back out on the field. And then Bay News 9 came about. I auditioned. 
boom, I got it. And I was at Bay News 9 and TV, which is where I wanted to be for 18 years, 18 years. But when I was looking to do a radio show on the side, and even after that ended, I was in contact with Gabe. Now, I'm very appreciative because Gabe Hobbs brought me to Tampa. And if it wasn't for Gabe Hobbs, who knows if I ever would have been in the business. So I thank him. And I think it was maybe even when I was at Bay News 9, I wanted to do a radio show. And I remember Gabe telling me, he's like, you know what, man? I think you're best at being in the field as a reporter. And he goes, look, you don't have to worry about ratings because if your ratings aren't any good and you're a talk show host, you're going to be gone. If you don't have enough endorsements, you're not bringing it in, you're going to be gone. But just being out in the field and doing reports, that's perfect. And I remember like, oh, you think I can't do it? And he's like, well, I think you're better at just being a, you know, a radio reporter. And I was like hell-bent on showing Gabe that I can host a radio show. Really? You don't think of me as a host? And I'm thinking, damn, for, for years and years now, I'm hosting a live TV show. I'm taking calls. I'm bringing in guests. I'm giving you highlights. I'm hosting on TV. What do you think? I can't do a radio show? And I actually got mad. I was like, screw it. Gabe thinks I can't do it? No. And isn't it funny how it's come full circle? Here we are in 2022, the age that I am, and I love being in the field instead of just being in a studio. Now, listen, if a show pops up and they need a co-host, I'm there. I'm there. But I don't want to give up being in the field. And Gabe was right. I think I'm best at that. <laughs> and it's funny. I was so mad at him. And I'm like, now I would kill. But budgets are so tight, they don't hire a reporter anymore. They're not going to pay for that. It's just changed. No TV state, no radio station is going to pay for a reporter. They just don't do it. They don't do it. And so, man, and I'm willing to do this. Can't we do a barter, man? I'll bring you. It'll bring in money to the station. You know, let's get it. But nobody wants to do that. But anyway, it's just so funny how it's come full circle. Now, I love being in the field. I love being out in the field and being a reporter. So there you go. One thing, here's the other thing. And I, I've been mentioning this, man, throughout these uh, Rock Stops Here podcast. It just blows me away. The confidence of fans that have no sources, no inside information, and are so confident in their takes, in their opinion of what the topic is is in sports or in your community. It blows me away. I wish I had this much confidence in, in belief in, in with sports takes. Let me give you an example. Now, we're going to have more access this football season. Just like we are, we're back in the clubhouse with the Rays. We're back interviewing light hockey players right in, right in. You can ask questions. You're right there instead of being on a podium or, you know, Zoom. So... I'm looking forward to getting back and get to know players and coaches a little bit more again, you know, the last year or so. But I was still at one buck all the time last year. Almost every practice that I can think of, certainly every game, home game. So I was there. I was around. I was watching. I would watch Gronk. I'm, I want to bring this up. So Gronk, Rob Gronkowski, Gronk retires. He had been pushing off this decision for a little too long for my liking. I was like, you know what? The longer this goes, he's really why he really is waffling on wanting to put his body through this again, you know. And then it did not surprise me when he made the announcement on his so. That's how you do it now. You do it on social media, you know. LeBron James probably wish he could have done that back when he that Jim Gray thing. I'm gonna take my talents to South Beach. Remember that? But anyway. Oh, Dave Logan, a guy that I used to work with who passed away, and that's how he got the full-time gig. I was part-time at Bay News 9. He used to always tell me, he's like, well, with Dave Logan, with uh, Jim Gray, he must have pictures on somebody. Look at that Jim Gray. How's, how's Jim Gray getting into that gig? He must have pictures. But anyway, um, what was I saying again? <laughs> Anheuser's. Uh, now I forget. Now I, no, no, Gronk. So... Gronk retires. 
I was like, okay. I was on my way to Amelie Arena in downtown Tampa for a lightning morning skate. I saw it I, at a light. I pulled over. I started, you know, doing my homework on my on my feed. Boom! I may I you know I did my thing, posted my stuff, my opinion, whatever, and then I was boom. I parked at uh, the Port Garage. I made my walk down there by Sparkman's Wharf. I go into Amelie, and I'm in Amelie. And now I'm doing, I'm covering Mooring Skate. I'm getting video. I go into the interview room. I'm listening to Cooper. I'm listening to the players, blah, blah, blah. I'm BSing, da, 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 da. All right, guys, I'll see you tonight or tomorrow, whatever it is. And I got back, and I looked at my phone. You got you to put your car on and put the AC on now. It is brutal down here. It is brutal. But anyway, and I look and my phone, the majority of fans, I'm like, oh, he's coming back. Oh, he'll be back. Oh, mark it down. Oh, just like Brady retired for 40 days, Brady will call him. He's going to be coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. What, how do you, what do you people know? How, how, you're that, that just blew me away. Like, nobody believes that he's just retiring. He's beat up. It's not like being a quarterback. He had, didn't he have like the punctured lung, a couple of cracked ribs? Gronk has so much going on outside of football. He's taken a beating. And I remember watching him after that hit that when he when he broke his ribs and his lung was punctured, I was there. I would see him come out and in the you could just see it from a, from a distance like the movements were so slow like he was hurting. He would do some running. He would do a little stretching, and he would run. When he when he got a little bit better, he would always uh, race Leonard Fournette, playoff Lenny. They would always race a little sprint, 40-yard dash or so, and they'd bust each other's balls, and they got a big kick out of that. They always used to do that. That was when Bron- Gronk was feeling a little bit better. But that's a lot, man, a punctured lung, broken ribs, God knows all the injuries that he had prior to that. And then I remember a couple of times we were interviewing him as a group and he'd be like, listen, man, I've been doing this a long time. He'd always say that. I've been doing this a long time. Even though Brady has been doing it for 20, what, five years or whatever, 23, four, five years. I don't know. He's 45 years old. He would never constantly say, I'm doing this a long time. Like Gronk would be like, I've done this a long time. I've done this a long time. So you kind of know that he was almost like in dog years, you know, older than his number, whatever he is, early 30s. So it didn't surprise me, you know. But it just blows me away on the takes of these fans that think that they know and are so confident and you can't come back uh, uh, with them on something, you know. It just it just blows me away, but I guess that's what makes it fun, right? And that's that's why sports talk will still, you know. I've heard some people, oh, radio is dead. Radio is dead. Well, sports talk radio, I in a community, I don't know, because every now and then you get a really really hot topic. Number one, if a big name gets in a lot of trouble. Or if a coach has really been, the team has been bad and the fans get so riled up and they want him gone and the phone lines blow up and even like now with the lightning run, you know, but I'll tell you this. Well, you know what? He actually told me this. There's somebody that covers the lightning that's got his own site and I really uh, respect him. He's sitting. Ne- he's been sitting next to me in the press box. You know what? He told me something in confidence. So you know what? I'm just gonna. Uh, I'll, I'll blow past that because I don't like, you know, telling tales out of school. But the thing is, like, hockey in general, it. You know, people like jumping on the bandwagon. We're teaching our daughter now, who's 13 years old. Oh my God, that's another story. She is now a girl. Oh, my God. But anyway, the bandwagon, what's a bandwagon? Jumping on and off the bandwagon. Uh, You got bandwagoners because everybody wants to wear the gear, fly the flags. It's kind of fun, fun. But then, then, you know, do they really follow the sport? Do they really, really, really follow the sport? No, no. And so hockey is great. Hockey is great in the playoffs, all that jazz. But overall... It's 
it's it's not going to bring you a lot of revenue. Uh, it, you know, there's a certain limit ceiling. I, I should just put it like that. But anyway, my point is on the Gronk, I would be shocked if he decides to come back like mid-season. I don't think he would do that. I think that's it. You got to move on. Maybe it's just fans don't want to believe that Gronk is is not coming back with Brady. And just because Brady, just because Brady came back doesn't mean, mean that, you know, somebody like Gronk and their friends said he's going to do the same thing. It's not the same. You know, uh, uh, anyway, 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 anyway. Um, so that's about it right now. Um, I've got another, I do have another baseball one. I am going to be traveling to Pennsylvania in a couple of short weeks. And I'm, I've got a big, 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 big interview for the Rock Stops here, guest. And I can't wait. But you know what? Until I do it, until I get it in my, uh, my system here, recorded, I ain't mentioning it. So... God, I hope it works out, you know, and with these flights and everything, I I just hope it works out. Um, There's a couple of other interesting ones that may pop up that we we shall see. But I'm doing my best. I love it. Again, it's the Rock Stops Here podcast. When I when I came up with this name, it was originally like, hey, no more bullshit. I don't have to worry about. Uh, a program director or a boss telling me you can't say this, you can't say that. And then, and that's what I thought, like the rock stops here, you know, the bullshit stops here, but it's more turned out to be the rock stops here. I'm interviewing someone over here. The rock stops here. I'm coming to you. I travel with my microphones. So that's, that's now it's what it turns out to be. The rock stops. Where am I going to stop? What, what sport? Is it a media person? Is it a celebrity? Is it a player? Is it a former player? Is it a boxer? A whoever. Uh, I don't know. But I'm going to be out in the field until I'm six foot under. Can you be six foot under here in Florida? Is there enough? Is it deep enough? <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks for your support. Uh, I do get it occasionally. Some of you guys tell me you really like it. So I appreciate it. Appreciate it, appreciate it. And I'll talk to you next week. Same time. Hang in there, man. Hang in there. Hope you have a good week. I'll talk to you then. I'm Jerry Petuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out radioinfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.